Welcome to the DBC Pulse Podcast. I'm Michael Salonik, student pastor here at Denver Baptist Church, and I'm here with my wife. And I'm Meredith Salonik, and I'm also a student ministry leader at our church as well. And we're about to do episode two. Uh, we're going to discuss the roles of fathers and mothers in the lives of their teens. Yeah, and so you and I have been here for six and a half years, right? Yep. And then we did another year in student ministry before this. And in college, we had a lot of experience with college ministry. So, we, so we've seen trends and we've just noticed things. And I feel like those conversations keep coming up at home as we're discussing what we see in some of our students and some people in our lives. Um, as well as we're not saying that we're experts on this topic, but we do right. make it our job to like read books about this topic and yeah. um, try to stay up to date. And obviously culture is changing, everything's changing, but there are just certain themes that we continue to see over and over and over that we keep having conversations about. And so we wanted to share that in hopes that it might help families. Yeah. Yeah. So we're definitely not the experts, but we, um, we have a lot of resources that we go through and we try to navigate, Hey, how can we really help parents? How can we help students? How can we help Christians really like navigate this world and, and to be a light in this dark world? And so mm-hmm. one of the things we always want to run to the number one resource is the word of God, mm-hmm. the Bible. And so the Bible does speak to a few things on parenting. And I think one of the number one verses to go to uh, is one you may not think, uh, but the great commission in Matthew chapter 28 in verse 18, uh, Jesus is, is speaking here and he says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. One of the most comforting uh, verses in the Bible, I'm always with you in the age, so God is always with us in the midst of parenting. Um, but also the call to make disciples. This is the call for every Christian. And God has given the father and the mother um, the sole responsibility, right, to disciple their children, uh, to make disciples. Um, so another good place to look at is Deuteronomy 6. I think you got that one, right? And as you're reading, I was just thinking about how um, if you have you ever tried to do a puzzle without the box for you don't know like you have all these tiny puzzle pieces but you don't know what you're supposed to be doing with them I feel like yeah. I'm so thankful that God just tells us like hey this is the goal like everything that you do in parenting like this is your goal so right. it's not to get them into an Ivy League school it's not to get this soccer scholarship or I mean those things could happen along the way but this is our goal right and so right. everything that we do works backwards from that right and I think we can kind of sift through and analyze like are these decisions we're making as a family, are we moving towards that goal or right. are we moving towards something else? And so that's I think good. that's really important. And, and speaking of resources before we get to Deuteronomy 6, you know, Paul David Tripp uh, wrote the book Parenting. Mm, and so in there, good. I like his, um, he, he says this, for your job as a Christian parent, your job as a Christian parent is to do everything within your power as an instrument in the hands of the Redeemer who has employed you, he says, to encourage, to call and train your children to willingly and joyfully live as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we know that we can't save our children. Uh, We'd like to to think we could sometimes, but we're glad that that's not up to us. Um, Only God can. And so we're just trying to put them in front of God's word that we know has the power to save, uh, to, to share the gospel, to put them in all of who God is, to look at all creation. I mean, there's so many different ways that we could do this as parents. Um, but this is our job. This is what we've been called to do. And it's a, a joyful calling mm-hmm. as a parent. We don't want 
parents to dread it. Uh, we know it's challenging, but we also know there is help in God's word. And um, so let's go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and read Deuteronomy 6 also? Okay. So Tell this is Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to start in verse 4. Hear, o, o Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And um, I think this is, I just love that it's not like, okay, you need to have this one hour every week or every day that you're doing it's like no like as you go as you take your kids to the grocery store let's talk about god like as we lie down before bed let's talk about him and think about our day and it's as we go and we can't do that if we are not being disciples of christ like i think about my mom like she was just always in god's word so she always had a story to tell me from scripture um and so like she just kind of oozed god's word and that's really what we're called to do and so i think we have to be rooted and grounded in, in Christ. And this always, always makes me think of a family in our church. Um, we went to their house one time and they literally had the 10 commandments, like a command, a commandment above each doorpost. And I was like, they took Deuteronomy six so seriously. And I love that. And you see their kids are so solid and they love the Lord and they love their parents. Um, but to really, like, I think we need to take this more, way more seriously, even to the extreme of putting literally on your doorposts <laughs> at your house, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Uh, I also think of uh, Ephesians chapter 6 will be the last one we, we read. Uh, many other things in the Bible we can turn to, but Ephesians chapter 6 says, uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So there we go. There's no, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is right. Uh, honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Uh, so we see here again, um, some very strong language of the roles of, uh, it mentions specifically the father in this context here. Um, but we also know that this is both parents, fathers and mothers of mm-hmm. partnering together to disciple their children and that children are called to obey, respect authority, um, in the home from their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of this groundwork is laid when they're really young. Um, but you and I, kind of what we are faced with in the, the ministry that we're doing is this, it's like a transition period. And I think that's why the teen years can be so turbulent and hard because students are, they're going from children to adults, hopefully. Like we want them to leave the house being independent adults, prepared to take on the world, prepared to walk with the Lord on their own. Um, And so I think that's the conversation we want to have today is how can we help parents? Um, And no, we haven't raised teenagers yet, but I feel like I've said this so many times, I'm so thankful that we're in the position that we're in (laughs) because we're able to see it from a different perspective before we even enter it. Um, And I think sometimes, I don't know if it was Elizabeth Elliot, some amazing woman in the faith talked about how um, you need to plant your feet in the ground before you do something like go ahead and decide I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to do these things and what does that look like before you even do it because that's going to protect you from like all the emotional turbulence of that season that you're in mm. so um, I think it'd be good if we start off with talking about moms like the, the roles of moms and how that shifts and change changes um, and this one's 
close to my heart because my kids are so little and they do always want their mama right now. And I think mom's roles when kids are little is mainly to just nurture them, to meet their needs, to form healthy bonds because we know that children who are left to their own a lot or who are in, um, who experience long periods of trauma and that trauma could even be like if you just leave a child alone in a crib for a long time and they just cry for a long time. We know that just psychologically um, and physiologically, they the hormone the cortisol is released into the brain and that can cause anxiety later on. It can cause all kinds of problems. I think there's some statistic about men, a lot of men who have heart problems at a young age, like there was a, an issue there with their mom when they were younger. Um, so we just know that having that healthy bond when kids are little with their moms is so vital and so important. And I think that also um, can be so hard for moms when they hit the teen years because they are used to being in that like affectionate, nurturing role where everybody, their kids need them all the time to this new stage where um, moms need to kind of step back a little bit and they need to let their teens start becoming adults a little bit. And, and you're not just releasing them into the wild, but you're training them along the way as you mm-hmm. raise them to be prepared. Um, and I think that applies to the Christian faith as well. So I don't know if you have any thoughts before we get into some of the specifics of that. No, no, I think that's good. Um, I know that, you know, sometimes uh, a mother to their son, uh, they get into teenage years, they may feel like uh, they need to step back more um, but that's not necessarily always the case uh, as we kind of see and observe that um, a child still needs both parents mm-hmm. at all times but I never want mothers to have this fear of he's becoming a man um, I need to step back or something may think oh I want to hover him too much too you want to do the opposite but uh, you want to have a good balance with that but yeah let's just go ahead and get into the, the specifics with that well and I think for boys their big need for mom is Um, just to be understanding and patient and continue to be loving and continue to be in their life, Mm -hmm. but understand that there does need to be some separation of that bond. Like that, it's not that there needs to be no bond. It's that that bond needs to transform into something different. Um, So you still have that, the strength there, but they need to be a little more, they, they need to hang out with dad more. Like they're trying to find their identity as a man and they need that time with dad. Um, So I think that's really important for moms to, like, if you feel your son kind of pulling away, don't get angry, don't get over emotional, don't, I mean, it's hard, cry like by yourself, but don't put that on your son or make him feel like, and I think this happens a lot, we've seen so many times is that moms put so much of their um, emotional dependency on their sons um, as like the man in their life. And so I think this goes back to making sure that marriage is extremely healthy. That's the best thing you can do for your kids is to strengthen your marriage so that you're not displacing, um, any kind of dependency. Yeah. I mean, you go to scripture and you look to the letter to, to Ephesus here with Ephesians and the whole chapter five, right before you get to chapter six that we just read about children. it's about, you know, the marriage the roles of a wife and a husband. So marriage is definitely important um, and how you are loving one another and how you're able to show from a husband um, shows how to love his wife and a wife loves her husband is a great model for how they're supposed to be as young men and young women as they mm-hmm. grow up. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing too, um, I think like for me, Judah, he's, he loves his, he's like a daddy's boy, but he's also a mama's boy. Like he's so just sweet. He's in that sweet stage where he just wants to, be with us all the time and just love on us and be affectionate. Um, and I think sometimes with him of just like, man, 
what a stewardship I have as his mama to like not. And, and he's Judah, just so that people know, he's two and a half. He's two and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not true. a teenager. He's two That's and a half. True. Um, <laughs> but just like it's a huge stewardship that moms have to 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 steer his heart and his affections because we have so much of their affections at this point. Um, but I love I'm actually going to use Kristen as an example. Every Valentine's Day. Jacoby comes to preschool with flowers for every girl in the class. And it just like makes me want to cry thinking about it. Cause on that day, he is already learning to like show care for women and to, and for these little girls and to say in his own way, like you are worthy to be thought of on this day. And um, just to train them to like open doors for girls and train them to be gentlemen. And we're not, you know, as moms spending time with our sons, it's not going to look the same as spending time with our daughters. And I think being intentional about that and you want to raise them to be good husbands. Right. Um, you And we, again, with the puzzle piece thing, like we right. want to have an end in mind as we're raising our sons. Right. So we, we have three kids, um, Nora, who is five years old and Mariah, who is four, mm-hmm. almost at three. She just turned four. <laughs> And Judah two and a half, but Jacoby uh, is in Nora's class, and they just graduated preschool together. So just to yeah. give context of that, that he's in preschool doing yeah. this, showing love to all his classmates. <laughs> he already has that ingrained yeah. in him because of his parents training him to think right. that way, and to and he's like the sweetest little gentleman there is. So, yeah. Um, so moms and daughters, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, as I was reading this one book about raising up girls, I was just laughing because I was like, oh, oh man, we're feeling this right now. Like girls just need to talk. They need to be able to like express themselves. And the best thing we can do, moms and dads for little girls is to listen. And I'm so guilty of not doing that because I'm like trying to clean the dishes and cook supper and prepare for this Bible study and do all these things. And I don't just like stop and make eye contact or I'll try to like listen while I'm on my phone. Little girls need to know that they have your attention. Like they need to feel validated and special and know that like, hey, I'm listening to you. Um, because if there is something going on in their lives and they feel like, oh, I'm probably not even gonna get their full attention. Like how how much is that gonna make them trust you and want to share something really difficult with you? And so I think for moms, um, take advantage of the fact if your daughter is still at the age where she wants to talk to you about stuff, like let her talk to you about anything. Um, I think try to not, produce that shock factor if she does tell you something really shocking like try to keep the emotional response to a minimum if possible and that's I'm guilty of that too um but if you if you're having trouble talking to your daughter let's think about okay is she a morning person is she a night owl like try to figure out what are the times of day that she is going to be most likely to want to talk or is she a runner maybe you can try to take up running or going for long walks or does she love to cook or what is it that you can do with her where you're not putting all this pressure on her like you need to tell me everything that's going on in your life but just that naturally conversation is going to come up that's so important to keeping that door of communication open in the teen years for girls to be able to share with their moms whatever's going on in their life yeah, I think that's really key. That's something that we see in student ministry um, with, with teenage girls is they do like to talk, um, but there's a, a time and a place that it happens. And I think sometimes parents ask us like, wow, they're opening up to you. And then there's kind of like, all right, you disciple my, my child. It's like, well, no, hang on. You know, God has given you the responsibility to do it. We're here to just partner with you in it. But I think the reason they're opening up to us because we're doing things alongside of them and it didn't happen overnight. It's mm-hmm. happened actually over two years of relationships of them coming here and just 
being themselves here, doing activities with them, you know, whatever it may be. And then now they're starting to open up to us. And mm-hmm. so I think that's good that the goal is to, to have that relationship, build that up. And it does take time and be patient. And I think if we're not careful, like I've been a stay at home mom and, but because I spend so much time with my kids, sometimes I can not be intentional about things like that. Like, Hey, I need to just sit down and like talk and listen to my kids. But it's like, well, I'm with them all the time, you know? Um, whereas when we send them to youth group, like our job is to focus on them for two right. hours or whatever. Like and we're very intentional. Our goal. Right. Yeah. We're thinking about it. We're praying for them. We're like thinking whatever planning, preparing. Right. right. But maybe we don't even do that with our own kids that week. But right. so it's like, okay, it's all about our heart, our mindset of like, okay, how am I going to like, Lord help me. Like, what is it that I need to do this week? or today with our children. Right. right. So have a planning meeting as parents. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So we talked about trying not to be overly emotional with our daughters, something to realize and not even to realize all parents know this. If you're raising a teen daughter, if she's hit this point yet, there's going to be a point where your daughter is going to just be very emotional at random times (laughs) and she can't help it. Um, She has all these hormones going through her body and she's probably just gonna cry sometimes, probably gonna get angry sometimes. Uh, We've had parents tell us that they've had their teenage daughter like lay on the ground and like cry and kick and act like a toddler. Um, So just understand that, like just anticipate it, expect it that there are gonna be a lot of emotions. And the last thing that that your daughter needs is for you to come back at her with emotions. like you're the anchor. She needs to know that you are steady and you are not going to respond emotionally. And my mom did a phenomenal job of this. And looking back, I'm like, how did she always stay so calm? But just trying to not let yourself get there. So if you really struggle with self-control in this area, like I do work on it now as early as possible so that when you get to that point, you're not tossed to and fro by the emotions of your teenage daughter. I know we're going to talk about boys in a minute, but I think this goes for both of them. Uh, a boy or a girl, they're coming to you. They're not necessarily coming to you to just always take their side or to get all emotional with them. Yes. Sometimes they're coming to you to be that stable person in their life to speak some Because truth they and, know. Like, right. And I remember that. Like, I knew I was out of my mind emotional and I was taking things way too far. Right. And my mom would not affirm that in me. She was like, she, wouldn't, she wasn't harsh, but she refused to meet me on that level. She stayed. And I think that's that brings stability to us too yeah. as women. Yeah, that's good. And then last thing I'll say about moms, I think oh, in the teen years, the most tragic thing um, that you see with teen girls and teen moms is when teenage moms give into the temptation to try to compete with their daughters or to try to like dress like a teenager, be the cool mom, be the friend. Um, please do not do that. That is one of the most detrimental things that can be done to a teenage girl. And I've seen that a, f- a few times. Um, and I think that's why I always ask you, do I look like I'm trying to dress like a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> because you, teenage girls do not need their moms to be their friend. They have lots of friends. They need a mom. They need to know that you are her emotional support. Um, and they girl teenage girls spend the majority of their time already comparing themselves to other girls trying to get to that root question, am I good enough? Am I enough? The last thing they need is to come home and feel like they have to do that with their mom. Um, And so please, 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 please be the mom, be the role model, 
be the picture of modesty and stability for your daughters. Yeah, I don't have the research statistics right in front of me, but that's actually been asked. And yeah, it's like overwhelming evidence that they're like, yeah, the last thing I want is my mom to be yeah. my friend. If you want to help be, that be, relationship with your daughter long-term, yeah. do the hard thing now yeah. and you can be her friend later. Right. But that will ruin her psychologically if yeah. you, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay, dads. So this one is, for me, it's a lot heavier than moms, just, but just because of the research. It's so heavy to see the effects that dads have on their kids. Um, so one statistic, or not even statistic, one psychological study that just blew me away was, um, so when dads like cuddle their daughters for 20 seconds or more, it actually releases pheromones from the dad to the daughter or something to that effect. Yep, it releases right. pheromones so that actually work to delay puberty in their daughters, which we know protects girls to have, if they don't hit puberty at a very young age, it protects them in a lot of ways. Um, and that's just crazy to me. And I'm like, man, that was God's design. Like mm -hmm. God designed... So dad, if you feel ill-equipped to protect your daughter, or to care for her, um, just know that God actually already put it in you, like physiologically mm -hmm. to protect your daughter. Um, so yeah, that just shows me like God's design is so good right? for dads yeah. and daughters and the family. Um, do you have any thoughts? Well, I mean, I, we got a lot to unpack yeah, here, but... Do. But I think, man, that just goes to show you that even God wired it up for, for dads to be affectionate mm -hmm. towards their daughters, uh, even as teenagers, uh, towards their sons, too. Um, but also, I think, again, as I mentioned, the moms tend to back away from their teenage son. You don't want the dad to back away from their teenage daughter, either. Mm -hmm. um, and so they need a stable dad around, that father figure in their life. Yeah, even I'll, as a teenage girl, even as they're starting as to mature girl. as a, a young yeah. woman, and sometimes that's when they, they need you the most. I feel right. like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Dad, no, you know, no pressure, but your relationship with your daughter will determine the confidence or lack thereof in your daughter as a young woman. She, you play such a huge role in her figuring out her worth, her value, everything. Um, I mean, you just see study after study about girls with that who have a solid bond with their dad from a young age um they have such a huge delay in like being or there's a they're not as promiscuous usually um they're not trying to find their value in other guys or whatnot like they're secure in who they are um through their relationship with you yeah um but what you mentioned so um what was it that you said last about not backing out. Okay. So yeah. I think a lot of dads, when, when their daughters hit the teenage years, they get uncomfortable. Their daughters are developing and they tend to back away because they feel uncomfortable because it's not, it doesn't feel the same to them. But for the girls, like you're still the same dad they've always had. And when you back away, that causes trauma to the teenage daughter. They're already confused about who they're becoming and going through this puberty stage and whatnot. They need you to come closer. They need you to step in. They need you to be the protector and the provider That's right. through those stages. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, one, I think one story that I have of, um, so thankfully my dad was around and he was involved, but um, the first time I ever had a guy to my house, 
a man from church who was also like a father figure to me. Like he ended up showing up at our house with on his motorcycle in his leather to intimidate the guy that I brought over. And like that made me feel so loved. And I still, that made me feel like safe and secure. I think looking back, like it just goes to show you, we need um, dads and father figures to step in and to do those things and to be protective. Yeah. And even right now, I mean, I enjoy uh, taking my daughters, even they're really young, you know, taking them on daddy daughter dates. But I think that should continue, right? In the teenage years. Absolutely. uh, And very important in the teenage years um, to still take your daughter out on a date and show that she's special and um, and you're treating her like a woman, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So affirm that. Don't don't back away from her as she's becoming a woman. Step in and affirm that even more. That's good. Vocalize that. Okay. And then lastly, we have um, fathers and sons. And this one is so heavy. (laughs) It's so heavy. Um, So there was a study where um, they for Mother's Day and they decided to open up an area of the prison for any kind of any inmates who wanted to write a note to their moms for Mother's Day could come. And they had an overwhelming response, like 80% of the prisoners came and just cried writing letters to their moms, telling them they loved them and how thankful they were. And they thought, wow, um, this is great. Like, let's do this for fathers. Let's try this again for Father's Day. They didn't have a single one show up to write a letter to their dad. Um, 94% of men in prison say that they hate their dads. So this just goes to show you like the effect that fathers have on their sons. It just cannot be underestimated. Right. Um, I mean, overestimated the importance. It doesn't mean that if you have a bad relationship with your son, that it's all is gloom and doom, but it's not too late. Like step in, be present in your your son's life. Yeah. And so we, we see other statistics, right? Um, that, Boys who had dads involved in their life were a lot less likely to be involved in violence or crime and many other things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see it does have a big effect on their life. They respect their dads. Uh, I think back um, just with my dad, but just hearing other students and everything uh, talk about their dads. I mean, it's it's a for the boy side of things, it is different how they talk about their moms and how they see their moms. I mean, there is a sense where every boy wants to look up to their dad and every boy deep down, even if, uh, you know, are disappointed in something with their dad or they know of their dad's shortcomings or failures, they still don't want anybody else talking bad about their dad. They're going to be in defense mode of that. Um, but they also want to be like their dad It's something ingrained in them to want to be like them. Um, and so, I think that you see that evidence um, wired up in us through God and how he created us. Yeah. And I think like if you're a dad and you have a son and you're present, you're already his hero. Like you don't have to prove yourself. You're already his hero. Right. You know, and so take like, again, that is a huge stewardship that dads have with their sons. Um, take them on a trip, take them to do things. I think the sweetest thing right now is that Judah loves, you got him his own car seat in your truck just for him. And he, he doesn't care where you're going. It doesn't, he does not, if it's a store, he does, he's just so excited. I want to go to the store with daddy. I just want to go yep. somewhere with daddy. Just spending that quality time with them. And then as they become teenagers, like you already have that bond teenage boys naturally are going to draw to their dads most of the time. And so take advantage of that, nurture that relationship, take them out in the yard, teach them how to do yard work, teach them how to build things, um, take them on an adventure, wrestle with them, have that physical touch where you're, you're training them. Like, yes, you are a man. I'm affirming that let's wrestle or let's go fishing or whatever it is. Yeah. That's good. And then talk about 
talk about the Bible yeah. as you talk lie down, God's word, right? as you walk, as you fish. That's right. Yeah. Everywhere you go. Um, but also looking at God's creation and being all of God, have God in the conversations at all times, as much as you can, um, with your children, uh, mm-hmm. even if they act like they hate it. Uh, that's another thing, right? We know that teenagers try to act like they really hate it. And we see this a lot in student ministry, things we think we're, the kids are complaining about and then they come back later and they're ready to do it again or, or, it, or, or, or over or, COVID. Or we, we were like, we didn't know you loved that so much. Right, yeah. And so, yeah. or we change things up and they're like, well, why did you change it up? You know, we don't realize the, the impact we, they, we can have on them in these kind of ways. And, um, but I will say this to kind of, um, you know, close down this episode. Uh, we got more coming our next episode. Uh, we're going to talk more about boundaries, uh, and balance of independence, um, in teenagers. So we'll talk more about that and more of these things, but we do want to say, right. Discuss that. We know that not every home, uh, has both parents present. Mm-hmm. We know there are broken homes and our hearts break for that. Uh, and for those kids that are growing up in those homes, whether, whatever it may be that has happened and has taken place, maybe you're a single parent at home, you're listening to this. Uh, we want to encourage you. We want to say that the church uh, is here for you. We want to rally with you. That's why we're here to partner, not parent, but partner. Um, and so as a student ministry here at Denver Baptist Church, um, reach out to us. We want to reach out to you. We want to figure out how we can help, how we can step in to whatever role is absent in the home. And um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. You got anything to say to that? or? Uh, yeah, I affirm that. Okay. Um, all right. So I think that's all for any last comments for this episode. No, there's so much that could be said, but I think right. that's enough for now. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for episode two. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you can subscribe on our YouTube channel. You can find us on iTunes uh, or your favorite podcast catcher. We hope you'll join us for episode three. <laughs>